This is episode number 035 of the Reno Slant. I have no idea what's happening. It is pandemonium in Reno right now. Welcome to the Reno Slant, the podcast for Northern Nevada sports fans, where an award-winning sports writer and his Nevada alum brother discuss Nevada football, Nevada basketball, and, well, pretty much everything else Nevada, except for the Loyalist Chicago tournament game. We don't talk about that. Here are your bro hosts, Adam and Nathan Schaub. And now Nevada basketball does not have a coach. Or does it? I don't know. It's 5.30 on Wednesday when we're recording this. Apparently Nevada and Steve Alford are in some serious negotiations. So this will be fun during the podcast. We'll be constantly updating the Twitter feed to see what is going on. Because uh, it sounds like that's getting relatively close to getting finalized. So Adam and I will certainly talk some Steve Alford. We'll talk Muss's departure. Kind of how that all went, certainly. On the baseball side of things, there's another tough weekend for Nevada at home against San Diego State. This Nevada team starting to dig itself a little hole here. Our guest this week was one of my favorite guests, or I should say at least one of my favorite conversations that we've been able to do on the podcast so far. We caught up with DJ Fenner, who is an integral part of Nevada basketball getting back to its uh, top, I guess, the top of the conference in, in the Mountain West. Uh, DJ was... So important in Musk being able to lay the groundwork at Nevada and establish his culture. It was just an incredibly candid conversation with DJ about his time in Reno, his pro career in Europe, his whole life he's been battling adversity, and that's been kind of the same story for him in Europe. And dude, keeps on fighting. He reminds me a lot of Cam Oliver in some ways and some of their, their stories and things they've had to overcome. Uh, just really good catching up with DJ. And then obviously you know, we asked him about Musk and his thoughts on Musk heading to Arkansas. And then we're doing something a little bit different this week. Uh, we got another guest, a quick hitter. Quick conversation with Kevin Maselli. Who is Kevin Maselli? Uh, you might have seen him on ESPN and a couple other outlets a couple weeks ago. We like to talk sports betting occasionally on here, especially uh, make fun of Adam for missing sports bets. Kevin hit a 14-team parlay. In the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, the round of 32, a 14-teamer. Here's the catch. He bet 14 cents on it. <laughs> the payoff on that thing was 10,000 to 1. So he still won over 1,300 bucks. So I uh, had a quick little chat with Kevin. And then you know uh, we're going to take a look ahead to Nevada Baseball's Road Series at New Mexico this coming weekend. And then obviously, that's a fun time for Nevada to play New Mexico with Steve Alford, former New Mexico coach, uh, apparently getting pretty close to coming to Reno. For slants, we're doing games of the weekend. Hey, I remember you, social, and random Reno. Our iTunes five-star review of the week is brought to you by our friends over at Toyabi Golf Club. The iTunes five-star review of the week comes from Johnny the Boxing Champ Aguilar. Johnny says, the best brothers duo in the business. I appreciate how much work these brothers put into making this such a fun podcast for Nevada sports fans. And now they're making it even better by raffling off golf vouchers to Toyabi. Best course ever. Great job, boys. Uh, so we appreciate you, Johnny. Get in touch with us, and we will send golf for you and a buddy your way. Uh, if you want to hit Toyabi with a friend for free... Simply leave an iTunes five-star review if you have not yet. And uh, we'll see if we pick you next week to go play Toyabi. 
Toyabi is south of Reno, north of Carson in beautiful Washoe Valley. Toyabi Golf Club is just a 30-minute drive down 395 from Lawler. Toyabi Golf Club is open to the public. Off-season rates are almost over. They continue through April 15th. Adam, how much is the off-season rate? $45. Hey, the course is locally owned and operated by Nevada fans, so Toyabi certainly backs the pack. Book your tee times today at toyabigolfclub.com. I did not go golfing last weekend. I did go to the range. I need I need to find my driver right now. It's a massive problem <laughs> for my golf game. I just I have no trust in that thing. And whether you need to visit uh, or where, whether you're going to the golf course, I should say, uh, you need some fun attire. Or maybe you're going to Tahoe. Maybe you're planning for the next crawl. Maybe you're planning a couple festivals this summer. You got to visit TipsyElves.com for memorable clothing for all of life's biggest moments. Tanks, tees, swimwear, funny Hawaiian shirts, golfwear, obviously. They always have a ton of sales going on. They actually have a whole line for Cinco de Mayo, some really funny stuff. I'd certainly encourage you guys to check that out. We had a conversation with co-founder and read alum Nick Morton back on episode 017. So start putting your summer wardrobes together today at tipsyelves.com and exclusively for you guys, for listeners of the Reno Slant, promo code, what Adam? Slant20. Promo code SLANT20. Gets you 20% off checkout at tipsyelves.com. That's promo code SLANT20 at tipsyelves.com. All right, this is the, uh, the end of the must-watch era. It uh, ended pretty abruptly. There were some hints of it last week. We certainly talked about it last week, and then it became official on Sunday. Eric Musselman to Arkansas, bouncing to the SEC uh, there was speculation that Arkansas was going to make a push for Chris Beard, former UNLV coach Chris Beard, I should say, now at Texas Tech. And that changed maybe after Texas Tech beat Michigan State in the Final Four. I think that did one of two things. It either won, it put Chris Beard out of Arkansas's money range. Arkansas does have pockets. I don't know if that one's as possible. I think what's probably more likely is Chris Beard's camp said, hey, we're not interested. We're going to hang out here for a little bit. Either way, Muss is on to the SEC, and Nevada is, as of 5.36 on Wednesday evening, without a head coach. Um, it was Trent Johnson, who was the first one to leave Nevada, went to Stanford after five years, then uh, had some success there, struggled at LSU, had one good year, though, then really struggled at, at TCU. He was replaced by Mark Fox who also had some success at Nevada. They went to Georgia after five years in 2009, two tournaments in nine years, and then he was let go. Um, so Mus hoping to break that trend of, of former Nevada coaches who go on to Power 5 programs and uh, don't have as much success. So, bro, I'll, I'll go to you first. Just with, with Mus leaving, what, what was what are some of your thoughts? What, what, what were you, your takeaways as that kind of whole thing? came to be well just to clarify and i'm sure a lot of people are in the same camp is you you can't knock Mus for leaving to go to a bigger conference bigger school better pay none of that nobody's really pissed at that it's just the the manner of which it was executed the transition i think it was so abruptly uh, you know abruptly done and not only that it was just kind of I don't know. I felt like the whole community kind of just got slapped in the face the way it was kind of carried out. 
Um, obviously, his wife's comments did not help. Uh, the picture that the picture that was posted uh, with the with Musk getting his uh, stomach painted with the Mount West champs, and then of all colors, photoshopping it red, which yeah. right there is going to piss off Nevada fans. And then just kind of tainting a memory. So it's just kind of unfortunate that the end of the Musk Eric ends on a sour note. You know, of all the positives that Musk brought, you know, the way he restored the program. But that was just the first thing for me. It was just, it's sad to see the way it ended. Yeah, so we, we can certainly start there. This could have been handled much better by the Musselman camp. I, I don't think anyone would argue that. I think that even the Musselman camp is starting to realize, okay, maybe we handled a, a, a few things incorrectly. And you saw it with Danielle. She put uh, a statement out, basically out on Twitter today, you know, saying thank you to Wolfpack Nation. That was really the first real kind of thank you or any sort of acknowledgement we got from them. Uh, Bus put out an 80-character tweet. Danielle put out an 80-character tweet. And then that was kind of it. And then when you factor in, as you spoke to, I mean, one of the things was when you look back at like, hey, what is going on here? Is Danielle tweeting out, we're in Reno, we're not going anywhere. We don't have plans to go anywhere. And we talked about it on the podcast, like that can certainly change. Some of those are contract in <laughs> front of you. So yeah. I don't, it just, when you add that piece to the whole picture, it's like, okay, really? And mm-hmm. then, so the fact you don't have a lot of acknowledgement after you said something like that to the RGJ. And then I think what a, a lot of people are upset about is the picture you spoke to. There was the picture this year from Nevada clinching the Mountain West regular season title. Danielle riding on Musa's chest, Mountain West champs. They Photoshop it to Woo Pig Suey or whatever they say at Arkansas. And it was red. They Photoshopped the fans. And they basically just changed the memory for their game now to, to make themselves, to appeal to the Arkansas fan base. Mm-hmm. And what made them so beloved here in Reno is the connection that they made with the community, or at least appeared to make with the community. And Nevada fans felt that. It felt genuine. It felt real. So then when you bounce, you don't really acknowledge the departure. You have kind of a half-truth in there to maybe give Nevada fans some faith that, oh, maybe they aren't going. Then you change a memory, as fond as that for Nevada fans, for your gain at your next school, it's it's not going to sit well. It's, it's just not going to... Not a great look, and I think yeah, a, I think that's part of why we saw Danielle put up the statement today. Yeah, it was just a combination of multiple things: the head scratching, the pictures, some of these tweets. It's just it really just makes you wonder. And like I think I said on the last episode, I was like, "Give them the keys to the city to let them stay. Like, <laughs> give give them whatever they need to keep it safe." So that part of them leaving for more money, whatever, that's you know, that's besides the point. It's just I don't think it's like, just money though. I mean, people are pointing to the money. But well, there's it's, the, you're the SEC that, now. The SEC is a power in basketball. There's just more opportunity there. There's more opportunity, but I mean, you got you're going to be competing with like Tennessee and Kentucky. So I do get that. But if you do the math, and Nevada was able, to, and maybe it was a little too little too late for the offer, it was only in base salary, you know, five hundred thousand dollars more. Arkansas has got over six percent in, in just state income tax right there. So there's almost two hundred thousand straight off the board. That you're not even going to get. Granted, I was doing the math last night because I was kind of ticked. <laughs> cost of living, cost, nerd, cost of living. Nerd, accountant nerd out. I'm in full action yeah, here. Exactly, full speed. I was looking up cost of living, like all these matrix, <laughs> you know, comparing to Reno. So obviously they do, they do will will come out on top. You know, obviously you have a bigger contract, more incentives, and everything. Mm-hmm. But 
one thing I saw actually right before we got on this, and I'll have to I'll have to uh, give Hannah a little shout out on Twitter, Hannah Campbell. I had written this out, and she tweeted it. I didn't see the time, but it was obviously before we record, so I'll give it to her. But um, it's basically like when you break up with a girlfriend, yeah, and she says like, you know, it's nothing. I just need to figure myself out. But then the next day is posting pictures with a new boyfriend. <laughs> That's pretty much what it felt like. It's so funny because it is so true. Like as Arkansas is putting out the like they did obviously their full social media blitz, and you have the mm-hmm. video of Arkansas's AD going into the house. Muss is still wearing a blue shirt in the yep. in the video. It's funny that people say it's a Nevada shirt. There was, I didn't see Nevada signage. I did see a Nike swoosh though. Mm-hmm. And Nike obviously Adidas school. So what's the story with the polo? We can start digging into that, but. Um, it certainly did feel like that. Like, oh, you get the video of them in the house. Everyone's so happy. You, you can understand it. Mm-hmm. So happy. So excited. They immediately post the pictures in the Arkansas shirts that say family. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we were a family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's the point. It's like those, those pictures, those family things, you can understand the excitement. It's a new chapter. It's a new, it's a new thing for them. It's exciting yeah. for that family. It's just. Man, it was just frustrating seeing just the way it was carried out in the process. And I mean, it's it, it's just ultimately, in my mind, it's going to leave a taint on it. And I think a lot of people now in the, in the community have more of a good riddance mentality than a, you know, thanks for thanks for the years. It, it flipped the switch in a hurry. I think ultimately nostalgia is going to settle in, uh, especially if Steve Alford, whoever it is, can have success here. Look, Nevada has a shot at Steve Alford because of what Musselman did here. And mm. I'm not going to tell any fan how to feel after an experience like that. I'm just not. Because being a sports fan is an emotional investment in a business world. There are business decisions made, and you are emotionally tied to it. And that just immediately is going to create a disconnect. Um, I think people are going to look back and say, wow, this guy took over a program that beat seven Division I uh, teams the year before he got here. He was making $400,000 a year. And he took us to a Sweet 16. He took us to three straight NCAA tournaments. He set attendance records here. He invigorated a passion for Nevada basketball in Reno that hadn't been in Reno for many years. And I think some would argue has never been there. Um, at least took it to a new height. I mean, Nevada was ranked number five in the country. So again, I will never tell anyone how to feel. If you're, if you're pissed off right now, be pissed off. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that's wrong. Um, as a sports fan, we're allowed to think irrationally and feel irrationally. Um, I look back on the Muscleman era now, and I feel, I have gratitude. I mean, the amount of excitement that's created about the, this basketball program. And truthfully, we're talking on this podcast right now, on episode 035, I believe it is now, largely because of what Muscleman built. He created the excitement around the program. He kind of created the need for something like this. And now we're here having a freaking blast doing this podcast because of what he built and what he did. And you you kind of skimmed over it there that Newth, the Chris Murray reported the story that Doug Newth was able to round up $2 million per year for mm-hmm. Musselman. At the University of Nevada, in Reno, Nevada, they're about to pay their head coach for basketball, not football, for basketball, $2 million a year. And I think that floored me when I saw that. Like, okay, maybe there are some deeper pockets in Reno, at least people who care about the university, than we originally thought. And, again, 
was getting paid four hundred thousand dollars a year when he got here. No, they're they're tucked around it. And I tweeted that a couple days ago. You know, I I said it's disappointing, but you know, thanks for you know, thankful for us and all that stuff. But I I finished the tweet with, let's all. I think I said something along the lines. Let's remember who's leading the search in mm-hmm. hash, hashtag in Nuth we trust. For sure, and I. I think, truthfully, one of the biggest things of the Musselman era is obviously that he won and won convincingly. I mean, he was 110 and 34 in Reno. The Sweet 16 run is something I think a lot of us will always. I'm, that game was crazy. That run was crazy. How fun that was. Um, but one of the biggest takeaways for me, and we we talk. I've talked about this for months now. The bond that grew between the community and the program. That is how you develop long-term success. That is how you get players who want to play here. That's how you get coaches who want to play here. When you know you have the community that has your back. And so something I wanted to say, I mean, people got angry this week. People got mad. And I understand it. However, to avoid being put in this position, I mean, Nevada at this point is a stepping stone. It just is. There's no arguing it. But if you're going to get to a point where maybe you do find someone who wants to stick around, the way you get there is not by dumping your season tickets. It's not by unsubscribing to strengthen the pack. It's not by no longer going to Silver and Blue Outfitters. It's doing all of those things. It's continuing to support this program, to continue to support the university. And that's how you put Nevada in a position to maybe not feel the way that everyone felt on, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's still a long way to go. But if you want to make maybe see, or get Steve Alford, whoever it is, to stick around, I mean, I would certainly expect him to go at a certain point. But to at least have him consider, continue to support this program. Continue going to Nevada games. You saw how fun it can be. We saw Lawler rocking. It was a freaking blast. So just, lot, just it's, I'd say it's a lot easier to keep, to keep, uh, to have that thought of sticking around when there's less than 500 seats open every home game and people are just rocking the whole stadium. Yeah, and uh, something Chris Murray has said, and I agree with him. I mean, there weren't anyone showing up for Nevada games when Nevada was losing. And I think a lot of fans in Reno are going to show up when the team's winning and not show up when the team's losing. I'm not going to tell people how to spend their money either. Um, but if, if, if you're going to be upset about Musselman leaving, you need to be there maybe when there's a new head coach fighting through some things in the first year. Um, I, I don't know that you necessarily get to have it both ways. Yeah, I guess it's a good way. You can't have your cake and eat it too. But as a raw emotion guy, I want my cake and I want to eat it too. Oh, for sure. I mean, every, everyone does. Everyone does. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that will be the case moving forward. We'll, we'll certainly, I'm going to remember the Muslim era fondly. I can still say, I don't think it was handled well. Um, and I, again, I, I think the Muslims probably realized that as well. Oh, like we should mention, it's a good time for it. Kind of the, we, we didn't even mention. So Mus's son, Michael, grad assistant. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So uh, we have our Instagram page up and running. And one of the quotes from you a couple weeks ago was that you said something along the lines that we should be more sure now, or I'm more sure now that Musk is coming back because of what he said post-gaming after Florida. So we put that quote up on Instagram, and guess who liked it on Sunday? Michael yeah, Musselman. He's going through our, he's going through our Instagram feed like like idiot. So I I believe that it, this is always part of the plan. He's always talked about the four-year plan. You look at the way the roster was constructed, how many people left this year. Lindsey Drew would have even been included in that group if he didn't get hurt. I mean, there's seven guys, seven seniors that would have been eight with Lindsey. It always felt to me that he was building up to this year to leave. 
It's not that I'm super plugged in, uh, but I did hear from a few people who certainly felt the same way mm-hmm. w- with some ties, and I, I'm not going to knock him for it. Uh, I'm yeah. just not. Well, you look, you look. I, I got curious. I started looking at his Wikipedia, and I was looking at his tenures. And I mean, writing was on the wall. I didn't want to see the writing, but you're looking at the stops. As oh yeah, you take a blind eye to it for sure. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, no, this situation's different, but. Yeah, it is what it is. So I guess we just uh, close the door and move on. Yeah. All right. So we went real long there. Um, well, obviously, we're going to talk Musselman for a while. I, I think um, it's, he's a significant part in Nevada basketball history now. At 550, still nothing yet on Steve Alford. It's still negotiations and talk, I believe. Let me update my Twitter feed. Oh, all sorts of notifications. Uh,. Yeah. Okay. Still, still no, still not finalized. But let, let's talk a little Steve Alford here because it seems like that's something barring a collapse. Uh, Steve Alford fired at UCLA last year after a seven and six start, twenty three and a half seasons as a Division one head coach, five oh nine and two sixty nine. Started at Missouri State, Iowa, then New Mexico. Had a lot of success at New Mexico, and then was hired by UCLA to replace Ben Howland. He has 11 career tournament appearances. He has four Sweet 16s, three in five years with UCLA. And I will tell you this. It was a dumpster fire at UCLA by the time he left. It, it, was, it was bad. His last game, they lost at home to Liberty by 15. There was people, even before, and a couple years prior, flying the fire Alford banner yeah. over Pauley Pavilion. And I think... UCLA, in a lot of ways, is like UNLV's grandpa in terms of expectations for the fan base and what it actually is now. Um, should Ben Ben Howland made three Final Fours in eight, three Final Fours in Elite Eights in eight years, there it is, and got fired. And now you're stepping into that position. That's brutal. There are people who didn't like the fire in the first place, or the hiring in the first place. It seemed like a weird fit. Um, standout recruiter. Offense, by the time he left, let me know if you've heard this before, was stagnant. They were taking a lot of jump shots. I did hear that. And the ball was moving around. Um, So there's kind of the quick rundown on Steve Alford. I kind of look at it and just say Doug Newth in this athletic department is committed to keeping this basketball program successful, keeping fans Mm -hmm. interested. That's one of the things I see. I don't think Alford's in the conversation without Musk getting the program into the current situation that it is now. And I don't know how much you hold the UCLA kind of mess against Steve Alford. I mean, look what happened with the coaching search to replace him and that whole fiasco and how long that thing took. Um, So there clearly is some dysfunction at UCLA. How much of it's on Steve Alford? I don't know, but he's the biggest name out there right now outside of Rick Pitino. And it sounds like he might be coming to Reno, which is, Kind of staggering to think about, considering where the program was years ago. It's like very alarming to hear that that Patino's coming to town. It's like I don't even know what the my react my 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 initial reaction is it says oh no. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't sound like Rick Patino's coming to Reno. Uh, when I first heard of Steve Alford this morning, I was kind of like, ugh, because what might what made Must so great in Reno was his enthusiasm, his energy, the way he was an ambassador for not only the program, but for the University of Nevada, his social media presence. I mean, he's a great, he's a good coach, and everything that comes with it, certainly. 
but he's a genius marketer, a genius marketer. And that is cer- that certainly helped get Nevada to where it is. Now you look at Steve Alford, and he's basically the 180. I mean, I just ret- yep. I just retweeted his last tweet, and it was from 2013. <laughs> it's it's his his handle is still UCLA Alford or, or something like that. He still likes tweets, which is interesting, but not a social media guru. He's not going to be running around shirtless. He's not going to be doing promo videos on the softball field. He's not going to be catching football passes in a helmet at, at Mackey. Um, just different end of the spectrum. That doesn't mean it's wrong. That doesn't mean it won't work. It just means it's very different than from what Musk was. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's plenty of successful coaches that carry themselves in that manner. Yeah. Plenty. Yeah, so we'll see. I need to check my Twitter feed again here, make sure nothing's happened. <laughs> Got to make sure that thing gets refreshed. <laughs> this is, okay. All right, nothing. All right, uh, really quick here. Uh, let's do some baseball thoughts from last weekend. Nevada hosts San Diego State, drops two of three, one game one eight seven walked it off. Lost games two and three six two and eleven three. Nevada is now set or nine and one when scoring six plus runs. Uh, not nearly as a high a winning percentage when not scoring six runs. Nevada sixteen and sixteen six and nine. San Diego State eighteen and fourteen seven and six. Bro, what's something you took away from the series? Well, they started off hot. We talked about the offense needing to pick it up. First game, put up eight runs. Like you said, nine and one when scoring over six. So that just, I guess that seems to be the recipe for success, but just fell off in the game two and game three, putting up two and three runs. I mean, the pitching, especially too, in this one, obviously wasn't their, wasn't their best weekend. Went pretty quick. Um, they gave up 24 runs in three mm-hmm. games. So that's not going to do you any favors. Adam Stutter right there. I'm just saying, wow, we're taking a lot of time. So we'll, we'll try to hurry this up for you guys a little bit. Uh, my first thing is, it was the same sequence as, as last weekend, or two weekends ago, it's Air Force. They walked it off in game one, lost games two and three. Nevada's now three and two in game one in Mountain West series with a plus one run differential. In games two and three, Nevada's three and seven with a minus 29 run differential. Games two and three have been rough in Mountain West play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at this point... I'm going to piggyback on what you said last week when you kind of corrected me. There's just got to be some sort of depth. Um, the team right now, it just really seems to be kind of a one and two man show, especially on the offense. Like we've talked about Zamora quite a bit. Um, there's just, I don't know. In my mind, the, the cohesiveness of the team just isn't gelling and baseball is just one of those sports where the things need to gel to go right. It's just so much more of the little things in this sport. And right now, Nevada baseball just really needs a spark. I didn't kind of correct you last week. I dunked on you last week. Uh, uh, it depends on what a dunk would be. I don't think you've ever touched a rim <laughs> you're, in your you're life. Getting, so. You're really good at getting dunked on on this podcast. You, you, know, you got Jay every- Billis dunking on you. You got Michael Musselman dunking on you. I'm dunking on you. Hey, everybody plays their rules, and if they want me to be the villain, I'll be the villain all day. I'll wear that with a badge of honor. <laughs> uh, Nevada's now 6-9 and nine in Mountain West play with five conference series left. And it's it's go time here. It, time is starting to get skinny for, for this group. They're tied for last place in the Mountain West with New Mexico. They're still in contention. It's a log jam. Uh, they're one game back of UNLV for fourth place. But Nevada has to finish in the top four to get in the Mountain West tournament. Apicoli. And considering the fact this team was receiving votes in the preseason poll and some of the talent they had coming back, especially on the bump, it would be a major, major disappointment if this group finishes outside the top four. Um, so a lot of baseball left, but this team's going to have to start winning some series considering how much of a logjam there is. And at least they got New Mexico this weekend. is on the road, but 
The Mavs played five series this weekend, lost four, this year, and has lost four of them. New Mexico is the only team Nevada's beaten a series this year, and that was Apicoli last month. Those are basically the big points. I mean, right now, for me, I'm reiterating the same things, so I'll let you finish it off. <laughs> we mentioned offensive struggles. 31 strikeouts last weekend, way too many. Just five total runs in games two and three. The two guys, Josh Amora and Dylan Trum, really leading this offense right now, drove in three of those five runs in, in games two and three. Owen Schartz was better in game two. Uh, game three, it's kind of a coin flip right now. Who's going to get the ball? TJ went to Dalton Gomez. Did not work out. Jake Jackson came out of the bullpen. He struggled in an inning. So that game three started, they got to kind of figure that one out. All right, before we head to our conversation with DJ Fenner, we need to show some love for Silver and Blue Outfitters. Silver and Blue Outfitters is locally owned, locally operated by a Nevada graduate. It is the spot for officially licensed Nevada apparel. You can hear our conversation with owner Mark Gladowski on episode 023. They really just have some incredible options, a ton of stuff, so much awesome stuff. No better time to support a local Nevada graduate who supports Nevada athletics than right now. You can visit either Meadowood Mall or the campus location or visit silverandblueoutfitters.com. And you know every month we give away a $100 gift card to Silver and Blue Outfitters. Our next drawing is Tuesday, April 30th. All you have to do to get into the running is stop by one of the two locations, snap a quick snap a quick selfie, easy for me to say, and then tag Silver and Blue Outfitters as well as the Reno Slant, and you are in for the money. Okay, DJ is that dude, truly. Uh, tied for the most career games ever in a Nevada uniform with 135. Was here in Reno from 2013 to 2017. He's 14th on the all-time scoring list with, with almost 1,400 career points. He's eighth in career three-pointers with 394, was second-team All-Mountain West his senior year, and shot over 43% from deep. That's tied for seventh in terms of a single-season three-point shooting percentage. Great conversation with DJ. Here that is. DJ, I'm thrilled you can make this happen, my man. Uh, For a lot of people listening... Uh, followed you closely at Nevada, and then I imagine some of them have been kind of curious, like, what is DJ up to? So <laughs> I'll kind of, kind of just, uh, how are things? Uh, things are great, man. Things are uh, things are awesome, man. I'm out here in Bosnia right now. Um, been out here for about three weeks and um, hoping to help this team uh, win a championship and move up in the league. So, um, you know, things are very well. I'm just, you know. Very uh, just trying to be patient with my career and just hoping, uh, you know, everything starts falling into place here soon. And you've been so you've been bouncing around a little bit. So you were in <laughs> Hungary and then Greece and then Finland and now Bosnia. I mean, yeah. I, I don't have a lot of familiar, familiarity with how basketball works in Europe. I'm just, uh-huh. It sounds like there's a ton of different leagues. So to kind of give some perspective on where you are and, and where, what the structure looks like, kind of what's going on there. Yeah, man. So I was uh, I was in Hungary. Um, actually, uh, broke my rib, and um, things kind of went down from there. They ended up uh, cutting me, and um, I ended up um, I was there, kind of just waiting for a new job between November and January. And then uh, my agent found me a job in Greece, and uh, they brought me in. Uh, Greece was an interesting experience, man. Uh, mind you, this was my first year out of, right. out of college. 
playing your you know in europe and uh, i was i was gone for a total of nine months straight but it was it was one of the most difficult you know experiences i've sure. had yeah um, just you know from being away from home for so long kind of missing home and then you know when basketball when things aren't going well on the court you know that definitely you know tests your um you know, your, your love for the game, man. But, you know, I, I just, I stayed focused, stayed in the gym and that was kind of my only escape. Yeah. Um, uh, even in Greece, man, they, you know, they, it was pretty rough out there. They, you know, then all, they were kind of known for not paying guys. And I was unfortunately a victim of that, but I ended up going home for a summer working on my game, I ended up signing a contract in Finland, was out there for two months before I tore my hamstring. Dude. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I've, I've kind of, it's been rough, man. I tore my hamstring on a Thursday, got an MRI on a Friday. They cut me that Saturday. I was home Monday, man. It's just, Jeez. Yeah, man. I mean, it was the, the snap of a finger. Um, and then I was home for about four months just, you know, rehabbing and, and, and trying to figure things out. That's that's really when my love for the game was tested because, yeah, you know, it was huge possibility for me to just kind of stop and you know I actually picked up a job um at a at a startup called Stretch 22 where I was um pretty much just stretching people um and helping them and uh you know just regular people and athletes um uh just to help them you know get more flexible right uh, uh in a in the health and wellness um business and you know that was that was going all right kind of kept me you know busy and then uh by the grace of god man i got a phone call next thing you know um i signed a contract on a friday and i'm out you know sunday morning so just as fast as i got home i was i was you know i was out there just as quickly wow that 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 is a lot in two years my man um so so I, I imagine when you get that phone call then to hey we need you out here in bosnia your reaction had to be what well you know it was um i had mixed emotions um you know i i, I you know i was working a lot i was really trying to you know you know keep income coming in keep food on the table and so you know that kind of took away from spending time on the basketball court i was i was kind of worried i'd go out here and, and, and make a fool out of myself i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> um but you know i, I it, it was one of those situations that's just you know if you don't you know jump yeah take a leap of faith you know and jump off that cliff mm-hmm. uh then you'll never know if that parachute will open, man. And that's just where I was. I mean, I, you know, I was at home with a, you know, my girlfriend and my family and whatnot. And, uh, and, um, you know, it, it was just, I had to pick up and leave. I mean, it was yeah. very difficult. Um, but I knew I had to do it. I knew it was a huge opportunity for me just to continue, you know, doing what I love and that's playing the game of basketball. So how, how is your game right now? How are you feeling as you kind of get used to the team now? Oh, I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling so. I mean, I'm 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 feeling awesome. You know, I'm in great shape. My my, it's like, you know, it's amazing how how things could just change so quickly, and how you know quickly I'm able to get into a routine and and getting back on the court and and, and just working my butt off, man. I feel mm-hmm. I feel awesome. I'm just I'm I'm truly just humbled to be here. You know. Yeah. So it's it's awesome. 
But that, that's great to hear. I mean, you can just hear the smile in your voice talking about that. So where, where are you guys in the season now? And I guess how much season is left before playoffs? What, what's kind of the yeah, picture there? Yeah, so we're actually in playoffs. Um, we have nine games left. We're, 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 um, there's six teams, and we're trying to uh, – uh, we're fighting for the top four spot uh, to play in the semifinals and the finals. Each are best two out of three. Um, and then the two teams in the finals, uh, move up a league and, okay. you know, that's kind of what they brought me out here for, but man, I'll, I'll be very disappointed if we don't win. Cause that's, that's, you know, that's just, that's just how I am, man. Right. I just got to win period. Right. The whole thing. <laughs> that's it. So you're, you're in Bosnia now and you battled injuries, you battled this, that, what have you been over there in Europe, Hungary, Greece, Finland. Is, has there been a lot of differences in style of play between the leagues, or is it more uniform? I guess, what have you noticed? A whole bunch of differences, man. I mean, yeah. in Hungary, it was, a, you know, more – there are bigger bodies, very very experienced players. I mean, we were playing in some top leagues, the Champions League and Euro Cup. So that was – I mean, you know, I was um, that was an eye-opener for me for sure. Yeah. Um, and then going to Greece, uh, we were – fighting just to stay in the league. So we were a bottom, te- uh, bottom uh, team in the league. But, you know, we played against the, you know, the European powerhouses in Olympiacos and Panathinaikos. If you know anybody who knows about European basketball, I mean, those are two of the very well-known teams that play in Euro League, and they have a lot of, you know, NBA players, you know, on their yeah. teams. So that was a great experience. I mean, and, and, and the Greeks played pretty hard. They're big bodies too. Finland was a little different. Um, not as much talent all around, but they, I mean, it was, it was very decent, a little faster pace. Greece was very slow. A lot of slow. It was very oh, wow. slow. Yeah. I mean, they slowed down the game a lot. I mean, you have lead, leading scorers in Greece in the league average, like 12 to 15 points. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's very, they know not a lot of high scoring ball. It's very tactical. Finland's a little faster. And then I come here, man. It's it's definitely younger guys. I mean, okay. um, it's it's um, not as experienced players throughout the league. Um, younger team. I mean, it's 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 kind of similar to to college a little in a okay. to a certain. I mean, very fast pace. Um, they really try to get up and down a lot. Physical. I mean, it's you know. You're playing against grown men, yeah. So it's I mean, big body still. So, but it's it's definitely um, younger players all around. So it's it's I've I've I, all four teams in leagues have been, you know, just different. Yeah, that's that's certainly interesting. So I mean, a lot of people in Reno last saw you play in a Nevada uniform, and you're shooting lights out your senior year. Has your game adjusted at all in terms of how you've had to play? Um, yeah, you know, I've had to definitely increase my IQ a lot. I mean, it's just, you know, when I was playing in Nevada, shot clock runs out and it's just, you know, it's usually I'm standing in the corner and, and, you know, Marcus Marshall is trying to get a bucket off of a pick Mm -hmm. or, you know, throw it up to, you know, can for a dunk. I mean, it's, it's, we, that was simple for us. I mean, it for us and and as you saw that was must playing style you know our coaching style that's how they you know they pretty much played uh through the twins uh for the most part this year um that was different i mean because when you come out here you definitely have to you pass the ball way more um there's not nearly as much one-on-one scenarios mm-hmm. uh, 
I mean, and, and bigger bodies, like longer. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just different. Um, it's just different, more experienced players too. I mean, it's it's just, it's just, it's a little different, slower, but it's, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, definitely more, it's just, uh, it's hard to explain sometimes, but (laughs) <laughs> no, I got you. It, it's just a different thing now playing pro ball, especially in Europe, different country. I mean, just yeah, all, all of it's yeah. different. So you you mentioned Musk. I obviously have to ask you about that. Huge news this week. Yeah. Musk took over after your sophomore year. You considered transferring. You chose to stay. And ultimately, I think many would say worked out for you. I mean, you get to, I think you're number 14 now in school history. I think Jordan passed you this year. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, man. What did you make of the news this week in Musshead in Arkansas? Um, you know, I, I can't say I was necessarily surprised. They offered him, you know, a, a nice little check there, five yep. years, 1.5. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, when you, you know, look look at that on paper and you think about your family and your family's future, you know, it's completely understandable. I think a lot of people understood um, why he did it and, and that he, you know, I, I was, you know, talking to people before when there were the rumors and I was just like, man, they're going to make him an offer that he just cannot refuse. Mm-hmm. And and that's exactly what happened last year when uh, I think or maybe one or two years ago. I can't I think it was two years ago when Cal uh, wanted to get him. I don't think it was two years ago. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that was that offer that, that he could refuse. But I, I'm pretty sure this was it. I mean, and. Yeah. You know, I, I know he did it for his family, and you know, you can't, you know, you can't blame a man for that. I mean, mm-hmm. You're looking forward to the future of your family and and your overall well being. It makes sense, and it seemed like a lot of the community understood and and were very thankful for for what he has done um, with the program. I mean, you, you got to remember, we were nine and twenty three or something like that, right? Right. <laughs> Before he came and took over, next mm-hmm. you know, we're with championships the next year and the following year, and Mm-hmm. You know, you cannot ever for you know, that's just something that's just like, wow, you know, and, and I think people knew with that success comes, you know, other people knocking mm-hmm. because, you know, there are other teams in schools and leagues with money. And that's yeah. that the day, you know, it's cause I understood it. As someone, though, I mean, you, you got to know Musses. Muss really got to know the community. I mean, you were really an important part of really that team accepting his culture and your leadership was clearly documented how important that was. So for you, I mean, logically it makes sense. You're getting paid two and a half opposed to one. That's a huge leap. But for you, is there any emotional part of you? Like, ah, we wish you would have stayed for like five more years. Uh, you know, not necessarily. I want to say there's like an emotional, uh, part for me. I, yeah. I, I say at the end of the day, I, I just want to see my school win. And, mm-hmm. and I, there's no doubt about it that you know somebody else you know can't come in here and 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 win. Uh, it's it's just that simple. I think Must did a great job of paving the way and putting the program where it needs to be. You yeah. know, I mean, this is a school that needs to be in a tournament every year. It's it's had history. Yep. You know, we've had Sweet Sixteen appearances, so it's like in tournament appearances. There's no reason why we shouldn't you know continue that. And I think that's the you know, that's the next step. Uh, I think, you know, um, Doug Newth understands that completely. And I think that's why this is such a, a crucial step. It's like, okay, thanks, Mush. You put us in a great position. Mm-hmm. This past year's awesome. You know, ticket sales went up. We were winning, you know. I mean, more yeah. money, new scoreboard, 
court. I mean, yeah. locker, it's, it's all. <laughs> but now it's like, okay, boom, thank you. What's next? We we need this next person to come in and 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 you know put us keep us mm-hmm. not keep us where we need to be. We're supposed to be at the top at the Mountain West every year, but you know, increase that, you know, con- continue winning in the tournament, continue talking about national championships because, because one is due in Reno, it's going to happen. A national championship will be brought to Reno eventually. It's just, what's the next step? We just got to keep building and leveling up. Oh man. Could you imagine a national championship in Reno? How crazy that city would go? Oh my God. I know, right? <laughs> I think it's just, just too many people who put in a lot of work. Uh, from the the staff and the players to come through there, and the athletic directors and the fans. I mean, you know, it's 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 gonna happen. It's just it's, it's just it takes time, obviously, and and you know, decision and you know, correct decisions to be made. It, it, it's absolutely possible. I, I'm saying I'm calling it now. <laughs> <laughs> calling the shot. I love it. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, you're a you, you're a savvy player. You played professionally. You're you're well spoken. Is, is coaching something that is maybe in your future? Man, you know, I've I've absolutely thought about that, and um, you know, I love working with kids. I love, um, I, I I honestly just love giving people uh, sharing knowledge. Anything yeah. that I've learned from any aspect of my life, I, I do love to share that uh, the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Coaching just seems so stressful, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because, <laughs> you know, I just, ah, man, I just, I don't know if that would be, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do believe anything I put my mind to, I, I can absolutely achieve and succeed. But I don't know if that's something I would dabble, you know, dabble in, man. It's, that would, that would, I would need to. Some years before I decide. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> well, well, whoever takes over the program here, we'll see. Maybe in in a few years, what's going on? We say maybe we need to reach out to DJ. We need, <laughs> we need someone to recruit kids to Reno. <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. How much have you been able to follow the team the last couple of years with you being as busy as you've been? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I definitely follow them. It's it's definitely difficult to watch right. the game simply because of the time difference. Um, on top of that, it's, you know. I, you need a VPN out here and, and, and or and some cable service, man. It's just not that easy. Right. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, I definitely follow them, especially when they get to the tournament. I mean, there's an the Mount West tournament. I always follow them. I always have alerts on my phone for each game. Um, you know, I like to look at stats and scores. And, and um, you know, I, I, I really like to hit the guys up um, throughout the season, mainly when – they lose not necessarily they're winning because I, I feel like they know they expect that. Right. But when they lose as more more after they won so much, you know, people expect them to win. And then it could be some pressure after losing, especially when you're, you know, top five in the nation for, right. you know, most of the season, top 10 for most of the season. Um, so, you know, it's definitely something that I, you know, I follow the guys I like to reach out to them and post you know, on social media here and there just to know they got my support and, you know, I'm paying attention. I'm following them. Who, who are some of the guys that you've been able to keep in touch with the most? Uh, I talked Jordan, uh, yeah. Caroline, a lot. Talked to uh, Caleb and Cody as well here and there. Um, but, uh, definitely Jordan. I think I was kind of the closest with Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, we actually, it's funny, man, because when he first showed up on campus, 
we got in we got into a fight in uh gym <laughs> and and I'll, I'll you know he knows this story we got in i mean he he was busting me up and uh we were playing two on two he was busting me up talking junk i mean i i never felt so i mean i i, I was so check this out man i was so mad i i stayed in the gym for like an extra hour and i told myself i literally told myself i will he will not stay in the gym more than me I said, if he's ever in here, if I see him, he he has to leave the gym before I leave the gym. Like I, I literally told myself that. <laughs> gym, man, I'm busting him up, man. I'm <laughs> talking, and man, we just get into it. And and from that day forward, I, I think we just we became brothers. Like we yeah. literally, I mean, that it was one of those things. It's like, and, and we were living in the same apartment for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> You had to make yeah. nice, yeah. Yeah, we had to come back, you know. To the, and I was, I was very, you know, man. I was like, man, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been here. You just got here, you know. Our ego was in the way, and but man, I tell you, that's probably one of the best stories I have because you know, from there, I, I think about that, and I think about you know the success we shared, and then you know losing in the tournament and the tears we shared together it's just something that's just like man it's a it's a it's a type of brotherhood that that would never you know go away so. sure how is jordan doing it, it was kind of a frustrating end of the year for him he has the achilles missed the san diego state game have you talked to him recently kind of what, what's he up to yeah man well you know he's he got his son and you know that's i think for for those for a guy like him um you know basketball is great and of course it hurts to lose but mm-hmm. you know you go home to your son that that's just that's I, I know that's a feeling for him that he just you know just it's like that takes all the pain away man but he's doing great man um i'm you know i, I don't think i've talked to him since uh i think i talked to him shortly after uh the tournament mm-hmm. and he he uh i think well he won um got his honors after the season uh congratulated him on that and you know he's just getting ready to go man he you know he wants to yep ready to make some real money for his family and, and play ball still mm-hmm. you know that's the best part about some of these guys they can they can continue playing ball even after you know that as much as that loss hurts you know yep. you can go there and still and still chase your dreams and continue to you know play the game we love yeah, well, that, that would certainly be the hope that we get to see Jordan go on because he's, he, man, talented guy, and, and Nevada would not be here w- without your contributions and certainly w- without his. So I kind of let's talk about your playing career here a little bit. Uh, you end up, I, I don't know if you've seen, do you know that you are tied for the school record for most games ever in a Nevada uniform with 135? I, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, you, you tied for the most ever in school history. And. Oops. A, your first couple years were, were a challenge. Your sophomore year was the last year for David Carter. Then you have the coaching transition. Musk comes in. What did it mean for you, considering the road that you've traveled, to get to the NCAA tournament your senior year? Yeah, man, it was. Um, it, it meant so much to me, and it's it's kind of awesome that we're talking about it because it kind of puts me back in that time and it makes me you know reminisce on it yeah you know, I remember asking you know you know the seniors when I was a freshman like hey, you guys ever make it to the tournament like and then after the season obviously we didn't make it and it's just like dang I, I don't want to be I, I 
I don't know what I'll do if I if I you know don't get an opportunity to play in the in the tournament. Like mm-hmm. that's you go to college, you you know when you're growing up, you watch the NCAA tournament, you know, and, and to not be a part of that after playing in college or while playing in college, you know, it, it's something that I just didn't want to feel. Right. Like I wanted to play in the tournament. I was, I mean, my hopes were that we were going to play in the tournament every year. I said it before the season, we're going to the tournament, because that's just what I, you know, expected. And the more, as the years went by and it wasn't happening, you know, I just, you know, I just had a, 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 just a a strong fire in me, man. Like a really just a, a desire that just would not, you know, leave. It would not wait. And I, I was willing to do whatever it took to play in a tournament. I, I didn't, I, I, I was willing to do whatever it took. And the fact that not only we did we make it to the tournament, but we won the, you know, regular season and then the, you know, the, uh, the Mount West tournament, which is probably the only way we're going to go anyway. Right. You know, but that, that just having been through all that, man, that for me was, it was huge. You know, yeah. it's just, it was a feeling I couldn't explain like, you know, I know my family was proud of me. I knew the fans were just proud of us for, for, for you know, getting there. And I just remember before Muss even got here talking to the team, like, you know, I, I want, you know, this is what I want to do. I don't know about you guys. I want to go to the tournament. Not <laughs> want to go to the tournament. But after I leave here, I want to cheer these next guys coming up, you know, because they're going to be going to the tournament. That's what I want. And yeah. that's exactly how it's been and i think that's just, that shouldn't change i think that's that's the standard right there was beating colorado state in the, in the mountain west uh tournament championship game is that your favorite memory at nevada or is there something else that that eclipses it memory at nevada huh? um that was that's definitely up there um that is absolutely yeah that that, that might be it because mm-hmm. that just that just showed me you know it, it really proved to me that you know, anything's possible. Like it's something that I thought for at times throughout my career in Nevada, that it may not be possible. Like right. it's an actual chance that I may never play in the NCAA tournament. Like that's, that, that was, that was, uh, uh, that was a possibility. It's uh, the possibility was that it may be impossible mm-hmm. and that it happened after that game. That that I knew that we were going to the tournament. It was like wow, like I was I was speechless because it's <laughs> like you know you fast forward and, and you then you start looking back and be like wow, that's what it took to get here. You know, of course I didn't do it by myself, but you know to be a part of that, you mm-hmm. know to have you know to to work hard and you know do all the team building stuff and to go through the emotions, going through every emotion. You know, at Nevada, like that, it made it worth it, man. And that, that so yeah, I, I'd say that's probably my my favorite memory. Has that experience, the, the experience you had in, in Reno, and how bumpy it was, and how uncertain it got at times, and then still you get to the tournament your senior year, has that helped you now as a professional as you kind of go through some similar things in terms of adversity and injuries and kind of bouncing around? Yeah, man, it does help. It, it, it absolutely does because I know it's, it's it's possible that you know that things will. will I, I know things will work out. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, regardless, it, it doesn't matter if it takes four years or two years or ten years. Like to me, knowing that it already happened in my life, it, it, it proves that it can happen again. I can duplicate success. 
you know, yeah. success can be duplicated. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and, and I was actually, I also want to say like this past two years uh, as a professional has actually been much more difficult than my first two years at Nevada with the losing. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I remember thinking, dang, these first two years in Nevada suck. I mean, <laughs> I mean just because we were losing. I mean, nobody respected us. Nobody cared. I mean, and, you know, I mean, next thing you know, like, people started knowing my name and people were looking at me differently. And next thing you know, frats want to let us into their parties. And I was just thinking, <laughs> I'm like, okay, hold on. Okay. So, <laughs> We've arrived. We've arrived. <laughs> like, yeah, wow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not too, I'm not worried about mm-hmm. you know, success to come because I know it'll come. It's definitely difficult while you're going through it. And anybody who's listening, you know, I would say just, you know, if you're going through it, just keep going, you know, and because if, you know, you, you it's, it's, it's proven. It's, yeah. it's actually scientifically proven that you can get through. Right. <laughs> Anyway, you know, I mean, so. Yeah, and, and speaking of, you know, fighting through adversity, I mean, for people who don't know your backstory, I mean, it wasn't something you sh- you had this glamorous life and you show up in Nevada and it was your first time going through adversity. This is something that your, your childhood and your upbringing coming up, and, and Chris Murray wrote an incredible story about your story and bouncing back and forth between Seattle and D.C. growing up. It was a really telling story. It was a really honest story into really – how you grew up. So when that story came out, I mean, what were your thoughts? Cause that was, a, I'm sure a little bit like, wow, these people kind of know what I'm about now. Yeah. 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 I was, um, it was, I think it was, it was awesome. I think what I really appreciated the most was hearing people, you know, talk about it saying, wow, did you, they went to me, did you, did you read, you know, Chris's article about you? I was like, right. you know, I, I hadn't yet. They're like, it's actually really good. And multiple people told me that. And, you know, shout out to Chris, of course, uh, because it, it's it's awesome that he even, you know, decided to dive into that. But, um, you know, I was just very, I don't know, it was just a feeling of being, like, I was just humble that, you know, people would actually take the time to to read about, you know, me or read about this kid who, you know, went through this you know, had to go through these different transitions and living situations. And, you know, and it's, and it's not like, you know, it's not, it's obviously not your typical story of, you know, your, I want to say typical, um, but, you know, uh, as I, I also, I, I have a lot of friends who have been through, you know, worse situations, um, whether it's growing up in the hood, growing up without, you know, a, a father figure around. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've kind of, mine is, is it's it's just it's just my own story you yeah. know i mean everybody has their own story and for the, the the fact that people were willing to you know read about it and, and read that article and kind of get a chance to understand me more instead of just kind of looking at me as you know a basketball player on the court seeing what they see on the court you know that that it kind of gave them an opportunity to see what's more behind it and you know, the best part about it is, though, man, like, as I get older, I can, you know, I can now, you know, write my own story. Like, I can, you know, things will happen in my life, but, you know, I'm bit, I can, you know, you know, I can create a new story. Like, yeah. I can decide. Like, I can take that leap of faith and go overseas. Mm-hmm. Or I can stay home 
You know what I'm saying? It's very, it's, it's, it's now with the knowledge I've been, or I, I have and the adversity I've been through, it's, it's, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't have changed anything. Awesome. So speaking of writing your own story, so what's next? So you're in Bosnia, you guys are chasing a playoff spot. So if you, uh, the next year, yeah, next uh, three years, what, what, what do you got planned here? Um, you know, I, 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 I have written down, man, you know, I, I cannot let go of that dream to play in the NBA to get a mm-hmm. shot, a chance uh, to go out there and, and play against the, the best players in the world. Not only the best players in the world, but, you know, players I've grown up around, whether it's watching or playing against or with, you know, there's a number of players, man, I just see and I'm just like, you know, I was in the, from literally from Seattle to D.C. You know, I've seen it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I've been a part of it. I've, you know, had the same um Different, yes, but, you know, uh, different at times, but same opportunities, you know, mm-hmm. and for me to to one day have that chance uh, just to get a shot, man, it's just just to, you know, you know, get a chance. And I haven't been in the G League. I haven't played in the NBA Summer League. I've just been overseas trying to figure it out because, mm-hmm. you know, that's this is just my path, um, you know, but I, I'm hoping by the time I'm you know, 28, 29, that people will actually take me seriously. You know, I've, you know, I've been even honestly up to this point um, necessarily taken my own self seriously. It's like, oh, well, you know, I went to Nevada. We weren't good my first two years and I'm not good. I'm 0 for 9 (laughs) from 3 my freshman year and 20% (laughs) from 3 my freshman (laughs) year. And even after my senior year, you know, it's just like I, it just didn't. It started to seem more and more unrealistic. Um, but man, I, with the with the grace of God, man, anything's possible. And yep. you know, I'm I'm able to, you know, as a 25 year old, regardless of my age, regardless of what school I went to, regardless of anything, man, I just know that if 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 God wants it to happen. You know, if, if, if he's going to give me that opportunity, then he's going to give it to me. And, and it's just only my uh, it's my responsibility to be prepared, prepare myself as much and as best as I can. Um, and everything will happen after that, man. And um, but, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I just want to play basketball for as long as I can and just become the best basketball player I can possibly be, whether that's playing in the NBA, in the EuroLeague, in Asia and the Philippines or at LA fitness, man, I'm telling you, yeah. I just want the best basketball player I can be. And by the time it's all said and done, you know, and I'm ready to settle down with, you know, family and whatnot, then I, you know, and I say, I, I tried, I tried, I tried. Well, you got a boatload of people in, in Reno rooting for you. Certainly, uh, you are an important figure in Nevada basketball being in the position it is right now. Um, before I let you go real quick, we, we mentioned in Seattle a little bit, uh, what's up with our Mariners? We win in the world series in six games or five. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny cause I don't pay, uh, too much attention to, to baseball, but I love going to the Mariners games, man. I just like, it's just a, a feeling about those games. Uh, I, I can't speak on any world series. I, I would I, just, just I, say, I, just I say really Mariners win the world series in five games. That's all you gotta say. We're good. <laughs> there it is. Hey, that's, hey, that's, what, that's what it is then, man. Mariners in five games. 
<laughs> I love it. Well, DJ, my man, it was awesome catching up with you. We truly appreciate you taking the time. Your resilience, what you've gone through, where you are right now is incredibly admirable. Stay healthy and good luck, okay? Thanks, Nathan, man. Take care, man. Okay, we're going to do a real quick transition here, a really fast conversation with, with Kevin Maselli at the top. Told you guys, hit a 14-legger in the round of 32 on DraftKings for 14 cents. He placed on it, won over 1300 bucks. Uh, did all sorts of media, ESPN, USA Today. He was all over the place. It's kind of cool catching up with him here in his story. So uh, here's our conversation with Kevin. Kevin, this is fun, man. Uh, glad we can have you on about this because Adam and I certainly talk sports betting a lot. And then especially in Adam's case, sports uh, losing sports betting, I should put it that way. Uh, so you hit a 14-cent, 14 14-legger 14 that paid out over $1,300. Um, you've been doing basically a media tour since. What, what's been the coolest part that, that's happened since winning? I, I honestly didn't expect this to blow up this this like this crazy um but i think after the tv appearance it sort of became very surreal um like i said my girlfriend and i've just had fun with it and sort of just let the media take it in its hands and you know just having fun with it ourselves and created our own account and everything like that so it's just been like a little wild ride that we're having fun with so what what's been more fun the the ride after winning the bet or winning the thirteen hundred dollars on a 14 set bet I think actually winning the bet. It's, it okay, was it enough. was just fun. It was just in the moment type thing was just fun. Um, I mean, this is fun and everything, but I have a career, so I focus more on that. But it definitely <laughs> is fun to have this in, on the side and everything like that. So yeah, we're having a good time with it for sure. So it's it's funny looking at the games that you bet. You think if you have a fourteen team parlay, it would only make sense that the last leg is just excruciating. But I think the last game was Auburn-Kansas, right? And you had Auburn minus one and a half. They won by 14. You had the over. The game went over by 20. And I'm sure you've been asked this about 45 different times. But what was the feeling actually as the last game? I mean, was it at what point did you feel comfortable? So I, I, I think it was the start of the second half, honestly. I mean, after the first half, um, we figured Auburn, is if they were going to shoot, they're going to hit their shots. They're going to win the game. Um, their pace was just too much. Um, and I just, I don't know. It just felt like it was going to happen. I, like I said, in the, uh, in a couple of the interviews I've had, we, we've come close a few times, but, uh, this time it was just like sort of a shock. And it was just like at halftime, I was like, Oh my God, you just need the over. I was like the, the spread's most likely a given, but right. the over is what we needed. And they kept hitting. So it was pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so beyond the Reno slant, what, what have been some of the biggest or your favorite, uh, media perks so far? Uh, so we did. Uh, we actually made the uh, TV appearance on the Daily Wage on uh, ESPN News. I think it's right. one of their news shows. Yep. Um, then we've been on a, a few local ESPN radio stations, uh, a few local stuff, um, definitely in the Jersey area. Yes. Uh, and then actually we've done a few ESPN, uh, one in Houston, and we have like one in Seattle and one somewhere else coming up. Uh, so it's <laughs> just like sort of sharing the story all over. It's giving some people a little hope. I mean, it's just fun. I place these bets in all honesty for that hope to possibly hit one time. I mean, obviously you're most likely not going to, but it's fun just to have that out there and to like pay attention to a bunch of a slate of games and everything like that. So it's, it's just something I'll continue to do. So the question I would have, and I'm sure you've been asked this, like when I, when I first saw this, I was like a 14 team parlay. That's unbelievable. But then I see you bet 14 cents on it. So I mean, (laughs) how, how did you start doing penny bets? 
I just uh, like I said, I've always like I'm more of the uh, the against the odds type person, and just like sort of hitting those like crazy things. I've as crazy as it sounds, I've I've done pretty well on the penny slots as well out here in Lake City. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's just something I've always done. Um, like I've told people, it's, it's sort of frowned upon gambling in our family. Uh, so it's something I don't like. Look at you now. Look at Kevin Messelli now. Necessarily, you know, yeah. I secretly do. Yeah, no. So it's a, it's it's been definitely a fun ride. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, like the fourteen cents was just what partly what we had left in the account for those those slated days. I think it was like a honestly like a total of like a dollar forty, and I bet like six of them, and yeah. that was the one that hit. So, <laughs> so that's unbelievable ROI for a fourteen cent bet. I think it was like ten thousand to one odds. You face so did you ever think like man yes. what, if, what if I had put the whole dollar forty on that or bet five dollars on it? Oh yeah 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 <laughs> I'll believe me I, I I've kicked myself in the butt a few times now but like I said I, he plays these bets for fun but uh, I joked with another reporter before I was like I could have bought the full ring with it right um, <laughs> but no it's been it's been a fun experience and yeah you think about it but it's it was it is what it is it's something that probably won't happen often and no. something that's been fun to ride with so <laughs> we'll just take it as is you know. Yeah, you've kind of hit it a couple or hit on it a couple times, and it, I saw it in a couple different stories I, I read beforehand. So you're using the money to help pay for a ring for your girlfriend to pay for a ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, help, help pay, <laughs> help pay for sure. Lay the deposit down, I guess. Right? I mean, they're expensive these days. <laughs> so, so now though, you can all you can, she can never get mad at you ever again for sports betting because you can say, "Hey, look at that thing on your finger." Exactly right. Well, that's how we help finance that thing with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's the go-to every time. <laughs> So uh, this was in the the first or the second round of the NCAA tournament. The first weekend, um, did you take a break from betting and kind of soak it all in, or, did you, or were you right back at it? Actually, initially, um, we did take a little break. Um, actually, no, honestly, no, because Sunday was another slate of games. So I I saved a little bit of the winnings and placed a bunch of ten set bets and came close on only one. Honestly, it was just like an. And after that, I was like, all right, let's 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 just take a break. And a couple more, like, media things were going on. And we right. sort of just embraced that and have had fun with it. And <laughs> honestly, just... Yeah, you, you may have Yeah, used, I mean, I started picking it up again, but... You, you may have used up, like, years worth of good fortune hitting a 14-teamer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I know. <laughs> I can't press my luck any further. <laughs> but I think I, think I read, you're, you're a big baseball fan, so you bet baseball games now? Yeah, 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 I do. Actually, a big Yankee fan, home. So uh, I'll definitely keep it into it. The beginning of the season's tough, though, um, just with the weather and pitching, you know. Yeah. So we'll lay out some fun bets to start. But once we get a feel for what's going on, uh, start having more fun with it. I mean, no, I'm no expert over here. I just like throwing out these penny parlays and <laughs> having a good with, good time with that. So yeah, for sure. So before I let you go, um, you, you mentioned it briefly. You did start an Instagram account. Uh, start sharing your wealth of knowledge now. So, h- how can people find you? Yeah. So we're at uh, at Penny Parlays. Um, it's both uh, Instagram and Twitter. I think uh, for the Twitter account, it's at Penny Parlays One. Uh, Instagram is just at Penny Parlays. Um, and yeah, we're just gonna play some fun, uh, fun, I guess, parlays, wacky ten set bets, and yeah. sort of just give out what we're doing for then, and hopefully have other people share. I mean. We're trying to, you know, get different people to bet. I mean, I got my mom betting now. We got uh, some, like, my aunts and uncles, a couple of teachers I work with that would never even think about doing this. So we're right. definitely 
uh, we, do, we want to encourage it. It's it's fun. It's you know, just wasting a couple cents here and there, right? <laughs> I I would say I would wish you luck the rest of the baseball season, but I think a lot of us want to say like, screw you, man. Like for all of us who have been betting our entire lives, like <laughs> hitting a three teamer is hard enough, and you hit a fourteen team. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, believe me, I uh, my actually my brother and his set of friends are big uh, sports betters, and and I haven't heard much from them after this win. So it, it's definitely been <laughs> it's definitely been fun and, and everything like that. So I definitely a gut punch for those guys. For sure. All right, Kevin. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on. All right, man. Have a good one. All right. I, I can't believe at this point Nevada baseball is down to 10, just 10 home regular season games left. And that includes two versus the defending national champs in Oregon State. Nevada softball only has six home regular season games left. Didn't basketball season like just end? Uh, the pack needs your support, so get your tickets today. And we will see you at Pacoli and Hickson Park soon. Call 775-348-PAC or visit NevadaWolfPack.com. So Nevada is at New Mexico this weekend, bro. What's something we need to know about the Lobos? The Lobos are not a power-hitting team. Nope. In the 32, 32 games, they have hit 14 dingers. And Jeff Diemling, great last name. His name is Diemling? Diemling. Oh, okay. Diemling is kind of how you would whatever, pronounce the spelling. But anyways... He's leading the team with four home runs, so this team is not going to be hitting the ball out of the park. They don't hit with a lot of power, but they certainly hit for average. Their, their 288 batting average is second in the Mountain West. UNLV leads Mountain West by 297. They average over six runs per game. Nevada has only scored six or more runs ten times total this year. And as I mentioned at the top, Nevada is 9-1 and one when scoring six or more runs. They don't strike out a ton, strike out about six times per game. And so you know they're going to put the pressure on Nevada's defense uh, to make plays. And that's been a strong suit for this team this year. Nevada does lead the Mountain West in defensive fielding percentage. And uh, Jared Mang, 5'9", senior outfielder, not a huge dude. But he mangs, smashing and manging. He's smashing mangs baseballs. 12-game hitting streak. He's batting 395 this year. Second in the Mountain West with 39 ribbies. First in the Mountain West. And 18 extra base hits. First in the Mountain West. So he's kind of the guy that makes that offense go. Yeah, if he doesn't go, yeah, yeah, I don't care. Uh, Justin Slayton, their dude on the mound. Obviously, like we talked about them, they're not doing as hot this year. So his record is 3-3. Three and three. He's posting a 2.41 ERA, but he's holding opponents to a 206 batting average. Last outing, through against San Jose State. They ended up losing 4-2, but he only gave up one earned. So this guy's really been shutting opponents down. So they have that dude. But as a collective, New Mexico has the worst staff in the Mountain West. Their ERA is it's over mm-hmm. 6-2. It's almost a whole run worse than Air Force, which is second to last in the Mountain West. Opponents are hitting 307 against them. That's worse than the Mountain West. So for a Nevada offense that we've talked a lot about that is has a couple holes in their bats right now, that the, the 6-2-1 ERA and the 307 batting average against is, is awfully inviting. So hopefully this is maybe a weekend the guys can, can turn it around. I was really hoping you weren't going to mess with my guy because that's literally what I was going to talk about next. Let's give a nice shout-out to Trevor Riley. He is posting an ERA of 40.5. Woo! This year, <laughs> he has not shown up much. He only played one game. But he went two-thirds of an inning, three-third, three base on balls. Dude just got lit. So Trevor Riley, way to hold it down. That's the worst as a reliever. Been there, especially like when you're a freshman or sophomore in college and you get like a couple outings and you struggle in one. You got that yeah. ERA that's like – 
47 the entire year. Like, I just, hate everything. Just, just to everybody looking at Lobo statistics for yeah. baseball, just get a nice little chuckle. You're just on bucket duty during batting practice, and everyone's looking at your ERA. And like, I hate everything. <laughs> Put me in, coach, please. Uh, at this point, every series is big for Nevada as they try to get into the get into the top four and hopefully get a play in the Mountain West Conference Tournament at Pacoli Park. Uh, but Nevada and New Mexico are tied for last in the Mountain West. The Lobos are 15 and 17, 6 and 9 as well in Mountain West play. They just got swept at your first place, conference leading, San Jose State Spartans. Are they for real? Like, they're still in first place. We've been making fun of this for a little bit, and they're still in first. What is happening? <laughs> Their RPI is sitting at 140. Nevada's RPA, by the way, is down to 166, so not great. Who's your uh, favorite player on the other roster? I kind of went with the football mentality here, how we always try to pick like goofy get, you know, goofy body sizes or whatnot. So I kind of went back to the old ways. Jack Morano, relief pitcher. He's 6'7 and 185 pounds. Dude's a light pole. You look at that. That dude is a couple toothpicks. Um, he's he's just a relief pitcher. He's shown up. Uh, he's done eight and a third this year, 12 earned, seven base on balls. He also is posting a beautiful 12.96 ERA. So another one of those gems in the yeah. bullpen that they're hiding. I went with 6'4 senior pitcher Chad Smith. He's a side armor. His favorite movie is Space Jam. Who doesn't love Space Jam? Uh, second. Clicking around on their bios on, on their roster, way too many dudes. Their hobbies include <laughs> listening to music, playing video games, hanging out with their friends. You guys are baseball players. You're known for being weird. What are you doing <laughs> li- saying your, your hobbies are music, video games, and friends? Everyone knows that. It's everyone's hobby. Come up with something cool. Uh, when Albert was on, we made fun of him because his thing, Albert Rossetti, that's episode like number seven or six is one of the first ones. He listed really? like dominoes. Or something yeah. stupid. So we, at, we, that, at, that, at that point, what is there to lose? you got to make yourself stand out. And if you're doing something as, as – ba- I hate saying that word – but as basic as listening to music and hanging out with friends, <laughs> you're doing yourself no no uh, no help. we got to figure it. Branding, guys. Come on. It's 2019. we got to brand ourselves a little bit here. Okay. What, what's the keys – what are the keys to a serious win? I'm going to beat the dead horse. We've beat it all year so far is offense, offense, offense. You dropped a stat that I had written down, so I appreciate you for using that earlier in the episode. You're but welcome. score score more than six runs. It's easier said than done with the way the offense has been going, but this is a bullpen that is particularly friendly to giving up runs. Yeah, so six is kind of the magic number for this offense. New Mexico has an ERA of six. So for those who are kind of new to baseball, that means New Mexico gives up six earned runs Per nine innings. That doesn't include unearned runs. So you hope that there's a chance that Nevada can get past that six-run threshold a couple times this weekend. That was my thing as well. Take advantage of New Mexico's pitching struggles. They pitched pretty well against San Jose State last weekend. Still got swept. So you have the Mountain West worst offense versus the Mountain West worst pitching staff. This is like mm-hmm. the the stoppable force meets the movable object. Yeah. Who, who, who loses that one? About to find out. Well, that was one stat I looked up yes, uh, last night, too, was after the top three for plate appearances, Nevada's batting averages are 173, 227, 213, 240, and 203. So that yeah. just shows that the offense really needs to get going. And then from a more humorous side, the other key I'm going to say is get Trevor Riley on the mound. He gets lit up every time he throws, <laughs> obviously. Get him on the Find a way to sneak him in. I don't care what it takes. Get the, get the other relief pitchers 
slightly sick, so they survive, but they can't get out of it. Find a way to get Trevor Riley on that mound. If Trevor Riley pitches this weekend, something is either going horribly wrong or horribly, horribly right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not pitching in a close game. Uh, my first one is win game one. Uh, Nevada won, uh, has won three of Ryan Anderson's last four starts. Ryan Anderson is obviously the Friday starter, and it hasn't led to anything over the weekend. We talked about Nevada's three and seven in games two and three in the five Mountain West series. It's played this year. Um, walked it off two straight Friday nights. We have no idea who's going to throw Sunday, um, but win game one. If you lose game one with Ryan and you burn Ryan Anderson, it seems like an awfully tall task right now to, to win two in a row on the road. Mm-hmm. Do you have another one? I said those those whatever. I can't remember how many points I had. The, I'll, I'll sandwich it. I said Nevada's got to win game one. Game three, we don't know. As I meant, kind of just hit on. We don't know who's going to start. Is going to be Jake Jackson? Is going to be Dalton Gomez? Is it going to be someone else? Uh, small sample size, but Nevada has lost two straight Sundays. Um, so, again... When wins kind of being tough to come by, especially stringing wins together. How about this? You win game one, you win game three, you win the series. How about that? There, there's some there's some hashtag analysis for you. Uh, math adds up. I'll verify. We're not a math podcast, but I think we can figure that one out. Uh, all right, what do you got for prediction? I'm going to say Nevada snags two or three. Whoa. I had that two in my notes. I said the game three is going to be the important one because I the way it's been going, drop a lot of game twos, so... I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you. Let's sandwich it. I I just the way the two teams been playing. Nevada has one series win. It is against New Mexico. It's also at home. Hopefully the bats can get going against a pitching staff that clearly has struggled this year. But I'll say it for the third straight week. Nevada wins Friday and then loses Saturday and Sunday. Just not back in the pack. You watch your mouth. <laughs> you watch your mouth. All right, let's jump to some slants here. You guys know that the summer is basically here. We're already talking about baseball season is, is coming to a close, at least for at the collegiate level, regular season. And that means it's time to get our acts together because we got to tighten up. <laughs> and you guys need to check out Move Mint Nutrition in Reno. Jake will work with you on a custom fitness and custom nutrition plans. He provides sustainable weight loss that allows you to eat what you want and when you want. He's going to limit your cravings and limit your, your binge eatings that gets us all in trouble. Got me in trouble this weekend. Uh, he provides plans that are certainly practical and, and proven. I strongly encourage you to check him out over at MoveMint, M-I-N-T, nutrition.com, or call 775-538-5555 today. It, it is time to start getting Tahoe ready. It, it's, it's almost time to start going for the lake. All right, games of the weekend. Uh, I got Seattle because they're starting to reel me in. They got a big series against Houston. Dude. Yeah. Don't look I, now. I, Here we come. I'm. It's it's funny. I'm just so – I just don't know what to think because I don't want to get invested. But watching the games like this offense right now, like Edwin and Carcion, I mean the Mariners are hitting the crap out of the ball right now. And it is so much more fun watching them score six, seven runs a game than it was watching them a couple years ago when they were scoring one to two a run and you were just banking on Felix throwing a shutout to have any chance of winning. They are hitting the crap out of the baseball right now. Oh, it's, it's so inter- so fun. <laughs> it's it's so fun being on this side of the ball. It's like it's like arena baseball though because they they hit the crap out of the baseball but they can't pitch and they can't play defense. Yep, exactly. No. So that's what it is. Just got to win every game ten nine. Other uh, than that. 
Well, I was just going to talk about it too. You, you'll probably talk more, a little more to depth because I know you're a little bit bigger into this. But I will probably watch the Vegas. I'm going to say will probably because I'm not, I'm not fully committing myself. But Vegas plays at San Jose on Friday for the NHL playoffs. Yeah, NHL playoffs are starting. By the way, some breaking news here. 6.12 p.m. ESPN Albuquerque is tweeting that uh, Steve, Steve Alford to Nevada. Done deal. There we go. Is there any terms on it? Uh, no, that that will slowly start leaking out. Again, that's ESPN Albuquerque that is that is reporting that. I don't see that coming from anyone else who I kind of go to for this news. So we'll kind of keep tracking that as we go along here. We talked about Alfred a little bit at the top. Um, all right, back to games of the weekend. I talked about last week. It, it was kind of funny, like, as one shining moment played on Monday after the NCAA title game. You get a little bit of the oh crap feeling, mm-hmm. like after the Super Bowl, you get that feeling. After yep. the final uh, red zone of the of the year, you get that feeling. You got that a little bit on Monday, but we're kind of entering a fun time here. And you mentioned the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, and then a still underrated sporting event is the Masters. Uh, it, it is truly one of the best viewing experiences of the year. Just the aesthetics of it, the sound, Jim Nance whispering sweet nothings in your ear <laughs> for the entire weekend as the azaleas are in full bloom. It's You, you can't beat it. It's so fun. I, I, have, I have had my plans for the Masters mapped out for about three weeks now. Going to a friend's house, I, I said I'm getting this spot on the couch. <laughs> it's mine. Yeah, I got, R- I got RSV, RSVP the couch spot. Yep. So ready to go. Uh, some odds here. Rory is the favorite at seven to one. You got Dustin Johnson at ten to one. Justin Rose at twelve to one. Tiger fourteen to one. And then you got Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, John Rom, and Jordan Spieth at sixteen to one. What do you think? Do you think someone from that the list I just named is going to win, or someone outside that that list? You know, I'm going to be honest, I don't follow golf like the individual players enough to know. I would, my gut guess is yeah, and I might just throw a little small wager on Tiger because there's nothing more fun than watching Tiger win a tournament. But um, yeah, as little as I as little as little I know, from those are pretty much, I'm going to tell you, those are pretty much the base guys I know in the sport. I am a, not as interested in learning those the other guys. What do you think? I I think just the way golf works, I'm tempted to take the field compared to those top eight. Um, I really don't care. Just give me Tiger in contention in, on Sunday in red. Just well, I saw give it to me. One, one of those Twitter accounts. I can't remember if it was Ravel or one of those. They always tweet like when people place big wagers or whatever. There was one that tweeted that somebody had placed an eighty-five thousand dollar bet on Tiger. Oh wow! <laughs> so if Tiger wins, hello retirement. Okay, so much. Less fun breaking news here about Nevada basketball. This is crazy, kind of breaking this in real time. Uh, Jeff Goodman, who we've had on the podcast, Nevada's Jazz Johnson has entered the transfer portal. Yeah. That one sucks. So, whoever the head coach is and Steve Alford, your first priority obviously is convincing these transfers and, and the dudes who are still on this roster to stay. Yeah, um, Jazz yep. certainly a fan favorite, and losing him would uh, that would sting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that was one of the bummers too. Seeing the tweets and stuff last night, especially today too, is that realization that there's you know there's going to be some guys that may not gel with whoever whoever we bring in. Yeah, and, and 
we'll get to that. I know we're going a little bit long, but it's a big, big, big week. Uh, but we'll get to that that in uh, in slant or in, uh, social as well. We got some good questions, uh, so we'll speak to that a little bit as well. Uh, all right, hey, I remember you. I have to do another one to myself because I'm an idiot all the time. Reno had some very above average weather the other weekend. Mm-hmm. I got very excited, decided to start folding up some sweatshirts and then changing my bed sheets, doing all that stuff. You know, get the flannel off and get the regular stuff on, only to have it rain slash snow yesterday so <laughs> hey i remember you i cannot i've been here for six years now and i can't seem to figure it out the reno's bipolar weather at the beginning at the you know towards the end of spring mm-hmm. uh for me it was just the feeling of emptiness on sunday as the news really starts coming out that Mus is leaving uh, i spoke to all the good things that Mus did and how, how I, grateful at least i am for getting to kind of ride this wave the last four years and how fun it was but it's hard to think about that in the moment and we I was mentally I've been mentally preparing for muscle leave for a while I mean I, I I thought it was pretty clear he hit a four-year plan he was getting ready to bounce that said you could just feel it I'm down here in Vegas but being on social media be, being on Twitter and anyone who follows sports who considers themselves a fan especially a diehard fan you know what that feeling is when you just get punched in the gut (laughs) and uh and being a seattle sports fan i've had that feeling a lot a lot and uh certainly felt that on sunday so it was not a fun hey i remember you uh but it was uh it was certainly a hey i remember you because it it wasn't a great time (laughs) well this is another one of the panic just get a mini gut punch right now jazz come on dude yeah well and that's gonna be this whole section right now is just full of negativity because it's another hey, I remember you of people leaving. I saw on Twitter it was for um, football for the Seahawks. Now I saw a post they were talking about Russell Wilson. And don't be surprised if you see Russell Wilson under center for another team because he's going through all his contract negotiations. Now I don't know. Russ you know, isn't I'm not... going anywhere. No, he's not. <laughs> you, would, you would like to think that, but you never Stop know. You it. never know what's going on. Stop Sierra's it. a performer. Maybe she's got something to say. You're, you might be in denial, but mm-hmm. that was another part, too. Looking at the Twitter and just being like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, so apparently with the Russ situation, he told the team back in January he wanted a deal done by April 15th before a minicamp. And we're now recording this on April 10th. And basically, he's asking to become the highest paid NFL quarterback ever. Which... Seattle, Seattle built its model based on having him on the rookie contract and be able to pay everyone else, and now he's asking to absorb a significant part of the cap space. Yeah. Uh, you you got to sign him, though. you got to no, sign I, him. I, I agree. But I'm just saying, like, I will I will not be able to handle seeing Russ in, like, a Giants no, jersey. No, 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 we're not, we're not going down that road. Okay, right. we'll move on. We'll move on. So, so, all right, let's jump to some social here. we got some really good questions from you guys. This week, as you can mention, a lot of them are about Mus, um, which makes sense. So we'll kind of go down this road here. So we'll start with Instagram. Calvin, or questions that we got on Instagram. Calvin asks, uh, was Danielle Sargent's Photoshop championship game photo over the line? We kind of hit on this o- over the top. I think this is another one of those things where, and she said it in her post, and I thought it was, a really good point. I mean, these are people. These are human beings. And the situation they're in right now, for them, is very exciting. And so when someone from Arkansas says, hey, we can do this, and our fans are going to eat it up, 
What are you going to do? You want to try mm-hmm. to appeal to the... You, they basically, with their, their mission now, you can already see what they're trying to do. They're trying to create the same connection with that community than they did in, as they did in Reno. And so if they have this content ready to go, they're like, fire away. And I truly don't think there was a lot of thought put into it. That's probably, that's, I think that's fairly obvious because yeah. it, I mean, you look at that for just for what it is. And, and that clearly is, uh, Reno, we don't need you anymore. We, we, you, you, you don't have anything to bring for us anymore. So we have no problem doing this. I don't think that's how they actually feel, but that's certainly the way that that comes off. Uh, Joe asks, uh, Knights or Sharks in the first round? Talking NHL playoffs. So, Sharks-Knights has become a really fun rivalry. You would think that it would have been the Kings and the Knights who would maybe have a rivalry. Or the Kings and the Coyotes. The Coyotes stink, although I think they're in the playoffs this year. But really, it's the, it's the Knights-Sharks that's become a rivalry. The, the Knights bounced the Sharks in the second round of the playoffs last year in six games. I think we're going to see some fights in this playoff series, you don't see players fight as much in the postseason just because the games mean significantly more. I think as long as the Knights have Mark andre Fleury in the net, they got a good shot. I'm going to go Vegas in six. I don't feel great about it, but it is going to be a really fun series. Marcus asks, did Must leave for the money, or is it really because Arkansas is sponsored by Nike? <laughs> did you guys see those Adidas uniforms this year for Nevada? <laughs> Adidas has got to figure it out. So I've said this on Twitter, in defense of Adidas, they had a really short turnaround in terms of, okay, Nevada's signing signing on, and then we need to create this whole spread of uniform options. And I think that's part of why they kind of look like practice uniforms, because they just didn't have a lot of time to put some thought into it. So I would expect Nevada to have a very different look next year. That said, I think the thought that must sign with, or went to Arkansas because they're Adidas school is kind of silly. You just look, you talk about the opportunity in the SEC, talk about the resources in the SEC. I mean, financially, if you want to go there, Nevada offered him two. He's going to get two and a half at Arkansas in his first year. First time he goes to Sweet 16, that thing's bumping up to almost three. All sorts of incentives. Arkansas is a good program in the SEC. Crazy fan support. I I can't knock him again. Can't knock him for leaving. I can knock the Musclemans for how they handled it. It certainly wasn't the most graceful of departures. Uh, but the fact that Arkansas is a Nike school, I would say, would have had a limited to zero impact on the decision. You never know. He might have a bunch of Nike stock in his portfolio. Mm. He was wearing a blue Nike polo in that Arkansas video. Colton asks, uh, what do you, who do you think will transfer out? Well, this is a relevant question right now. There do, it you, is. do you think Nevada will win the conference and or make the NCAA tournament starting next year? So obviously, Jazz Johnson has, at the time of taping this, has just entered his name to the transfer portal. It it should be worth noting that doesn't mean that he's for sure going to transfer out. It just means that he's entered his name to the transfer portal. Nevada can certainly recruit him back, but he's now free, available to talk to other programs. Other programs are able to talk to him. So he's a name now, unfortunately. I would not be surprised if we see Nizre Zuzwa go into the transfer portal. Although, he kind of fell out of grace with Muss, and now that Muss is gone, maybe he thinks that Nevada is a better fit for him now. Mm-hmm. Um, if Muss would have been back next year, I think he for sure would have entered his name in the transfer portal. You have Daryl Edwards, who was who the, was transferred from LSU, who just got released from his letter of intent at Nevada. That was a signing that never made sense to me, considering how loaded Nevada was. 
in the backcourt. It, it just was a weird signing. And so he got released from his letter of intent. I think a lot of eyes are going to be on Jordan Brown. What's yep. he going to do? Um, you know, he has eyes on the NBA. If you want to go to the NBA and you want to get there as soon as possible, I'm not sure that transferring to another school, sitting out a year, then playing a year, I mean, that puts him another two years out. So I think that would be a I, – I'd expect Jordan Brown to be back next year. Obviously, whoever the coach would still need to do some convincing, but I'd expect Jordan Brown to be back. Then you look at guys, Lindsey Drew, Jazz Johnson is in there. Does Lindsey Drew grad transfer out? Does Eric Parrish show up? Eric Parrish told Chris Murray that he would come to Nevada if Gus Arginal was the head coach. It doesn't appear that's going to happen. So does Eric Parrish ask for his release from his letter of intent? What does Jalen Harris do coming off his uh, sit-out year? A ton of question marks. It's impossible to know who's going to be here, who's not going to be here. As the transfer stands now, this is a good team that can compete for a Mountain West title. If all the guys stay. I think that's unlikely, though. That's the, if, that's the bonus of if Steve Alford comes on board. He is a plus-plus recruiter. Um, so you'd expect that he can he can bring some dudes in. Bradley asks, uh, seems like Nevada has been on a downward slope since the San Diego State game. What else can go wrong? Did this move for must surprise you? And what do you hope for the next coach? So Nevada did lose four of its last nine, starting with that first loss at San Diego State. I think worst case, again, is we're still... We have an unconfirmed report that Steve Alford to Nevada is a done deal. I think worst case that that thing falls apart. You hire a coach with limited to no experience. Eric Parrish doesn't show up. Jazz Johnson does transfer out. Lindsey Drew and uh, Jordan Brown transfer out. We'll see about Jalen Harris. I mean, there's a scenario, I think, where the cupboard completely empties. Completely empties. That's the worst case scenario. Best case scenario Steve Alford comes on board, he convinces everyone to stay, he brings in a couple dudes who can contribute, and Nevada's in contention for a Mountain West title in the NCAA tournament berth next year. I, I like that. I like that option a lot better. <laughs> and, and both aren't unrealistic. They, they really aren't. And as, in terms of hopes for a next coach, it's hard to ask someone to say, go and say, must did that, go do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. To ask a coach to be something that they're not. Well, that's the thing is that they're no matter how bad anybody wants it, that's not how it's going to be. No, you're not going to have someone who's as energetic, as as charming, as good of a marketer as Mus was. That's just rare, and especially to bring that on at a school like Nevada that's not going to compete with the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the Pac-12 for for big boys. It's going to have to kind of work its way in, pick the right spots, and it's just opportune here with Steve Alford in the position that he's in. That Nevada is in contention to maybe bring him on. Uh, as far as hopes for the next coach, I hope they win. I really hope they win because the bond between, as I mentioned, between this team, this community is so strong. And I just, I feel like if Nevada starts to start losing a lot of games, we start seeing the post-Mark Fox thing. It starts getting sad again. Um, so hopefully the next coach can come in here and be cognizant of like where Nevada's been and where this fan base is right now. This is kind of a... I don't want to say sensitive fan base, but the guard might be up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so a coach who can, who can be aware of that and, and speak to that. All right. Lenny Cofton on Twitter asks, while Gus Arginal is considered the favorite to be the head coach, I'm not sure that was, that was ever true, would Nevada be better off hiring a new coach with more Division One experience and seasoning, even if it requires a couple rebuilding years? rather than promoting an assistant to avoid the short-term problem of a mass exodus of transfers. 
So this is literally happening as we talk. As we mm-hmm. report, this is literally happening. So Gus was a candidate, and it did appear he was going to get an interview or is going to get an interview. I, I wouldn't say he's the, the favorite. Uh, knowing what we know about Doug News, he prefers to have guys with experience. We've talked about things that he prefers it, when looking for a coach. He looks for someone who can recruit, who can develop talent. Developing talent was a knock, by the way, for Steve Alford, at least at UCLA, and a guy who can relate to the community. And I don't know if that's a huge check for, for Steve Alford either, but I think when you have someone like Steve Alford available – you may make a push at that. So the question is, do you bring someone on with Division One head coach experience in fear of everyone leaving, or do you promote from within someone like Gus Arginal and try to keep this thing intact? And I would rather have someone come on from outside and coach the way they are comfortable coaching than have someone be promoted from within and try to continue something that they learned from us and try to coach to a system that's not theirs. Yep. And maybe it's a band-aid solution for a year. Gus is the head coach. They have enough talent and they're in contention. Then what happens in, in year two? Uh, Gus is uh, certainly responsible for bringing some of these transfers on. He's certainly responsible for developing some of these guys. And he's someone who relates to the community. So he does check those boxes. Let's keep in mind, though, he was a Division II head coach before. And it's certainly different at, at Division II. But he struggled there. He struggled at the Division II level mightily. And so I, I think what would be a dream scenario here is you bring Steve Alford on, Gus Arginal maybe goes to Idaho State, get some experience there. Then when Steve Alford is undoubtedly ready to go to the next thing, then Gus is ready to go as, as a head coach experienced enough at Nevada. How about that for a dream scenario? <laughs> There's a good match right there. So I, so you've been thinking about that. <laughs> so to answer your question, Lenny, I, I think it's better in the long term that Nevada brings someone on with head coaching experience and kind of tries to get things set up their way as opposed to continuing Mus's system with Mus no longer here. I, I don't know that's necessarily positive in the long term. Fake Matt Mummy, why doesn't the NFL have spring football like college does? Everybody knows how big of a crybabies NFL players are, so if they have to play <laughs> more games and if they're not going to get paid $30 million extra, they're not going to do it. I would say the NFL does have a spring football. It's just on the Pac-12 network, and nobody sees it. But Jesus. No? No? I'm not going to give you acknowledgement for that. No. <laughs> Had to get my one shot in at Larry Scott for this week's show. All right, Random Reno. Switch's new SuperNAP campus at the Tahoe Reno Industrial Center is shaping up to be the largest data center in the world once completed. Apple is also expanding its own data center adjacent to the Reno Technology Park and is scheduled to build a warehouse on land in downtown Reno. That's actually, I don't know if it's finished, but I've seen the building. And Rackspace is also building a $422 million data center next to Apple. So aside from all these big companies moving in, there are also some lesser known companies that are investing some serious cash into the area, i.e. the Reno growth is not slowing down. All I hear is potential boosters. Potential boosters. Yep, exactly. Bring in the, do- bring in the dollar bills. Tax, tax, tax cuts for donated money to the university. Let's go. It's a state university. Let's do it. How many golf courses do you think are within 90 minutes of downtown Reno? Oh, God. It's going to be a t- um 20. Golf Advisor says approximately 45. Woo! That's a ton of golf courses. Yeah. 
in the desert. Hey, I'm a company man. If you're going to one of those golf courses, you need some golf apparel, tipsyelf.com. But that is crazy. 45 golf courses within approximately, within 90 minutes. My question I'd have is approximately? Mm-hmm. It's approximately 45? Cause yeah, I, exactly. What's... I did, I started doing some research and I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. You, start, you start digging in. It's like, absolutely not. I'm not but going down this. Someone path. has to know the exact number and yeah. it's not golf advisor. It's but... probably some, probably some guy that looked on Google maps and tried to find large areas of greens, <laughs> green patches. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And that is our show this week. Uh, thank you to every single one of you who continue to listen every single week and support this podcast. Thank you to DJ Fenner for coming on. It was so great hearing from him. Thank you to Kevin Maselli for coming on and talking his ridiculous betting. That story is, is unbelievable. Thank you to Johnny Aguilar for the iTunes review of the week. Congrats on the free golf, my man. Make sure you reach out to us, and we will send you golf for two to Toyabi Golf Club. Uh, thank you to our sponsors at Toyabi, at Tipsy Elves, at Silver Blue Outfitters, and at Movement Nutrition. One last thank you. Thank you to everyone who sent in questions this week for this week's social. Um, it's been such a fun slant uh, doing that one. It's been awesome hearing from you guys. If you aren't already, please consider following and subscribing to the Reno Slant. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You cannot hide from us. We'll be back next week with another loaded show. Maybe introducing new Hoops head coach Steve Alford. Have a great, great weekend, you guys. Go Pack! Thanks for listening to the Reno Slant, the podcast for Northern Nevada sports fans. Until next time, and we're still not talking about the Loyalist Chicago tournament game.